You're listening to This and That, a new podcast series by me, Angus Mitchell, where I'll be talking to students and past students alike everything about their dissertation. On this episode, I'm joined by Agathe Dejude, the title of her dissertation being Climate Change and Maritime Sovereignty, The Case of the Northwest Passage. A whole nother topic, so... <laughs> A whole that we've already found about eight other dissertation titles, haven't we? Well, yeah, I am, I am, I have no idea about any of that. <laughs> I obviously kind of know a bit about climate change, but obviously nothing compared to to you. It's like the boats have a Titanic moment and get an iceberg or something, then Canada, like it's still part of Canada's, it's Canada's responsibility. Can I have a bit of a rant here because? Yeah, like, go for it. If it, if, it, if it's too explicit, I'll put in bleeps. You're listening to this and that. Hello and welcome back to this and that with me, Angus Mitchell. And today I'm joined by Agat. Agat, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm not too bad. Thank you so much for joining me on this and that. Do you want to introduce yourself? Um, sure. So my name's Agat. I'm a master's student in environmental politics and I was at Cardiff Uni for my first and third years of uni because I'm doing a program that's like a dual degree so I get a, an undergrad from Cardiff and a master's from a French uni and so I did my undergrad dissertation in third year at Cardiff Uni and, and that's where we met yeah yeah, exactly. At the best place in the world, aka Express Radio. Express Radio. We had to plug a bit of Express Radio. <laughs> and um, yeah. Um, so in terms of dissertation, because obviously you told me a bit before that you're not doing a dissertation for your master's, but rather you no. did one for your undergrad. Should yeah. we go for it? Do you want to get into it? Yeah, Tell me the title, because sure. I have no idea. I actually have to go back to it. So I'm looking oh, no, at it go, now. Go, go ahead. Yeah, it. get it up. We'll, we'll, we love the notes. It's, it's very short, but uh, um, the title is Climate Change and Maritime Sovereignty, the Case of the Northwest Passage. Okay. So, I have no idea about any of that. <laughs> I obviously kind of know a bit about climate change, but obviously nothing compared to, to you. So um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to learn. I'm all ears. Okay. Um, I guess... Let's start with saying that where the Northwest Passage is, which is the Arctic, it's north yeah. of Canada. So it's not like Russia or even like Scandinavia. It's literally like Canada. And basically, Arctic ice is melting, which means it may lead to more like boats being able to go through the Northwest Passage later on. And that leads to sovereignty problems for Canada as the US are kind of saying, oh, that's not really like every boat should be able to go through this Northwest Passage because it's melting and all that. But Canada is like, no, it's actually our territory and we don't want it to. Okay. So it's more, so is this, so your dissertation was more linked to the politics of climate change as well? definitely. Okay. That's really interesting. So, so it's kind of getting, it's growing through climate change obviously mm-hmm. which is awful and I, i'm sure we'll get yeah. into the, the nitty-gritty of that um which is obviously very relevant to your degree now but also it's about who owns it as well yeah definitely and i guess i should mention i did politics and international relations so it's like that's that's the whole like module type of thing okay um, so so this was a politics and international relations um dissertation yeah 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 Okay. I guess that I should have led with that. 
<laughs> no, no, it's fine. It, it's fine. So, so this was actually far more coming from the angle of the politics and international relations side of things. And did you yeah. did you find that when you were doing this, that's when you discovered your love for? Well, I was about to say your love for climate change. That's exactly not what I meant. Um, but yeah. you're, um, you know, about um, environmental activism and um, learning more mm-hmm. about the globe and the environment. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that. I think I started. So, like when I. St- Okay, when I decided to do a dissertation, my goal was to work on the Arctic and it wasn't necessarily linked to, it wasn't necessarily going to be linked to the environment. But then as I kind of started thinking about my master's applications and stuff, like back in second year, I was like, I actually would like to do that environmental politics master's. So I should add a bit of climate change in there. And also the Arctic is very, very like prone to climate change. It's like one of the worst places be for climate change kind of the and, most obvious isn't it where yeah. you can see see the problems of climate change rather than just being a couple of degrees where we are which yeah. is obviously horrendous still um <laughs> but but seeing the sheer amount of kind of melting going on in the north yeah. is scary yeah that's that's the thing so i so actually i'm i was almost disappointed when i when i realized that my dissertation was only mostly on politics and not like on on the politics of the consequences of climate change rather than on like how can we actually stop climate change but then i thought it was also interesting to see um how like countries are actually adapting to climate change in a like academically theoretical way like there's a lot of change in like the laws and stuff that need to happen now because of climate change so yeah yeah no that's actually really interesting because obviously it's it's this passage that's ever growing is obviously going to have to have different rules as it changes. And that's a direct consequence of climate change. I, I've never yeah. thought about stuff like that. A lot of thought to go into it. So um, yeah. Agat, where, where do we begin then in terms of your dissertation? Um, so I guess like, do you want me to do like chapter one, chapter two? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it seems to work that way. Um, it's okay. a very free flowing format, but in terms of understanding it, obviously you've chosen the chapters to be in that particular order. So it yeah. makes sense to go through that way. Yeah. Okay. So I guess like chapter one is more like, okay, what's happening with countries and stuff. So basically, so like, basically, so the ice is melting, we know that. And that means that um, it could save lots of money and time for shipping boats to go from Asia to East America, because normally they would go through the Panama Passage in like uh, Central America, but that would save them like thousands of kilometers to go up from the Arctic and therefore money too. So like there's this potential and Canada has seen this and the US too. And so basically Canada claims that it is their, like it's Canada's territory. Um, mostly for like symbolic reasons of oh it's their great white north and all these and the us are more like actually they claim like the freedom of um navigation and the freedom of the seas all around the world so like it's a very like american thing of everyone should be free to go wherever they want to and all that and the us actually they have that um, there was a case of the International Court of Justice of 1949 uh, for the Corfu Channel that can actually be linked to the Northwest Passage, which says that, that like, if a passage links two high seas, 
So in the case of the Northwest Passage, it would be like the Arctic Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Then it should be considered as international strait, even though it's like within a national territory. Being in, in Canadian territory. So it's more like yeah. it's you need to pass through it to get from one international sea to another international sea. So that yeah. passage itself has to be international to kind of avoid problems. Yeah, so that's yeah. what the US say. Um, but then Canada is like, actually, like Canada is really, really close to their to the symbolic of like it being really theirs and like it's Canada, like Canada is the place where like it's the Arctic. Like, and even like in, I mean, I don't know, like, but personally, when I cons- like when I think of the Arctic, I think of Canada rather than maybe Alaska or Russia or Siberia, you know? Yeah. Like, so yeah, I yeah, think yeah. in like many people's minds, it may be that way too. Um, but also in the Corfu Channel case, so the thing of from 1949, there was also the thing of like functionality, which means actually like boats actually have to go through the passage for it to be an international strait. But then the Northwest Passage is not really used at the moment because it's not really fully melted yet. Like, okay, we'll so they're kind of <laughs> preempting, they're kind of preempting the availability of it. Yeah, but like okay. the availability will be will be effective by the end of the century, anyways. Like ice will be melted by 2100, according to many scientists. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um not not a good thing but i can see that um this kind of legislation has to take place before we get to that point yeah exactly that's the thing it's like you have to like take not advantage of the thing but you have to know about it before the crisis arises it's kind of like you know um sea level rises then like islands have to know about it and there's solution like solutions have to be found before, before everyone's underwater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, do, it does make sense. Um, and in terms of, you, you mentioned that it would save a lot of money, obviously, because it's so yeah. much quicker than going through Central America. Um, in term, would it also kind of, obviously that goes into saving fuel and therefore yeah. would that almost be a positive for climate change in a weird way? Or is that is that a stupid way of looking no, at it? No, I think, I think that's what actually Russia is kind of thinking. Um, I haven't really studied Russia as part of my dissertation, but Russia also has their own, um, they call it the Northern Sea Route, route and, but, and they use it, but only for domestic um, like changes and stuff because yeah, it's yeah. such a white country. But yeah, like uh, Russia is already kind of quite explicitly saying, oh, like we're glad about climate change because it's allowing us to move through like with boats from one end of the country to the other as well as oil um discoveries and all these things but that's like another topic but like climate change in the arctic is really like yeah it's it can be a positive thing but in the very 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 short term for countries. yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing isn't it like it's it's the people that have different priorities obviously yeah. you and i i think when it comes to climate change and the majority of our generation, I hope, you know, are thinking about the future and thinking about the problems of climate change and what can be done to prevent it. But then we've got these kind of like, um, well, it'd be harsh to say the older generation, but those, it seems to be that way, you know, the Donald Trumps and 
um, yeah. the, the Vladimir Putins that kind of are more about the economics of today and wanting that kind of get rich quick ethos. Yeah. And if climate, if any, whatever helps to do with that, if even if it is something as a bigger deal as climate change, they're thumbs up, who cares? Let's, let's go for it. You know, we're saving money uh, and yeah. making more, which is, you know, you know, we, it's, it's not that you can't just completely deny that, you know, it is making money faster, but I think it's just all about kind of what your values are, what your morals are, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I guess, and also it's very, like for the oil thing in, in Russia, which also like they've discovered oil, um, like things in um, Canada too, but they haven't started like producing or using them yet. But like in Russia, I think there's been studies that show that, I mean, it may be a thing that will like save time from like not using oil anymore after like once there's no more like in the Emirates and stuff, but yeah. it's going to be like a very, very short time by, you know, it's not a long-term it's like not a solution. long-term solution. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we, we've gone on a different vein here, I think. So in terms of... Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> let's get back to your disc. Okay. Um, actually, not only... Not just Canada and the US are involved in this thing. China is also interested. So that's still my chapter one because <laughs> I... Yeah. Setting <laughs> um, the scene, seeing who's involved. Yeah, basically. So like China is also interested because... Um, basically, China is interested in the Arctic in general. So it like it's because like there's a lot of resources to be found in the Arctic and everything. So China's trying to kind of put their own like yeah like. So are they are they are they able to claim it or are they more for the same reasons as America wanting it to be more international just so Canada can't claim it? Um, actually, like China is a bit in a like a weird situation because like for the Northwest Passage they both want to have access to it for resources um, or for research type of things. But also China has its own kind of Northwest Passage situation in China. So it's it's got its own like island that's a bit far and it could be an international strait. So basically if China wants to have access to the Northwest Passage, and so if China says, okay, the Northwest Passage is an international strait, then Canada will be like, okay, well then that place in China is also an international strait, but China would want that. But also if China says, okay, in Canada, that's your internal waters, that's fine. Then the US will be like, hey, like, we don't like, I don't want that for you either, like on your side. So China can't really like, they're kind of stuck. Yeah, they're kind of yeah, stuck. Yeah, they're a bit stuck. Yeah. Uh, because like the issue has like been arised too. But like China also claimed that they are a near Arctic state. So they that they put a lot of diplomatic like pressure on the Arctic, basically. So well, I guess China, the north of China, is pretty north, isn't it? I'm trying to think of my yeah. geography. Obviously, Russia is way is on top of china but i'm just trying to think of that very eastern edge of china how north it goes or am i am i talking absolute nonsense i wouldn't like i guess it it doesn't make like it does make some sense but also it's kind of a bit far-fetched i would clutching say. at straws a bit yeah y yeah so i don't know but then china is also um sort of wait how do you call that 
like they can um, go to the meetings of the Arctic Council, which is like the a council of the, all the Arctic states, so they can have access to the meetings and stuff. They can vote for it, but they do have access to that too. Why? Why so, is that then? So how are they part of the discussion if they're not really an Arctic state, or they just claim well, to be? Yeah, I mean they they're not part of the discussion, but they're like they can uh, like they can look at the discussions that are. Oh, okay, they're kind of like the outer circle of it. Yeah, just like the EU is also part of it in a few other countries. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, so like they're kind of... Just international diplomacy, really. Staying in the loop. (laughs) Yeah, basically, that's that's what China's doing. Sure. So, yeah, that's it for chapter one, I guess. Yep, so setting the scene. So kind of why America care, why Canada care, why Russia care, and why China care. Now, (laughs) what on earth is going on then? So should we go on to chapter two? Yeah, so chapter two is about how actually, um, first of all, I I wrote that like, um, it's not gonna, like the Northwest Passage is not gonna be melted until a a while. And then once once it's gonna be melted, the Arctic is still a very dangerous place and very, like it's got extreme weather and all that. So for a shipping boat to go through that, like, um, you know, deliveries and all that, like, they're very big shipping like boats and stuff so it's it's still going to be very hard and that means that like Canada is whether like even if it becomes an international strait like even if like all boats are able to go through it um Canada will still be responsible for the safety of the boats like if anything happens if if like the boats have a titanic moment and get an iceberg or something then canada like it's still part of canada's, it's canada's responsibility so i guess yeah, that, because, that is a huge discussion point then yeah because it's um if you if you look at a map like you've got the canadian uh, uh, the arctic archipelago and that's where the northwest passage is and that's like land so you can't say that it's not canada canada okay because it's and, not melted yet yeah, and it's and I mean it's actual land, so you it cannot melt like it's not ice. Oh or right, ice oh or right. Anything. So it's like it's always going to be Canada's anyways, and boats are going to go through it anyways. And so the problem is going to be like what's going to happen if it becomes an international strait. Like, is Canada going to be responsible for the safety of everyone or not? So, yeah. So it's not it's not just about. Um when it melts and how useful it would be is almost why use it anyway if it's that dangerous you know i mean i'm assuming the yeah. um is it the panama pass what's the um pass you mentioned that's in central yeah, america the, yeah, the, yeah panama i don't know yeah panama yeah um obviously that's a lot safer for ships yeah. it might take yeah. longer but at the end of the day it's it, is that an international passage I think it is. I mean, I think there's a lot of restrictions. Like it's it's within Panama's territory. Yeah. But I guess there's. I I haven't really. It's very complicated. Yeah. That's a whole other dissertation, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess so. But But I guess there's like agreements on it. I guess. I don't know. But with the Panama Passage, or we might that might not be the correct name, but if it is, um, you know, they haven't got icebergs, so they they don't have to worry about that in the legislation. Whereas for the um, Northern Pass, it's a it's another talking point. So, what kind of conclusions did you come with in that second chapter, or am I spoiling the end? (laughs) Um, No, I guess the end is kind of the conclusion. So okay, so we won't we won't go there yet then. (laughs) (laughs) Still say the scene. Um. What? Wait. Okay. Yeah. Um. 
actually, there's also another thing that's um, in the law of the sea. So there's a thing that's called the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, aka UNCLOS, UNCLOS, I don't know, but UNCLOS. Yep. Um, there's an article, which is article 2034, because it's 234, really easy to remember. Anyways, <laughs> um, I read a 40-page article on this one, so I have to mention it because it was the toughest article of my gestation. Okay. It's, um, it's basically an article that like talks about uh, safety in the Arctic and within like Arctic sea ice. And basically, it's so... Like it's been written in such a strange way that it could like be positively used by both the US and Canada because like diplomatically they've been able to write the sentence in in such a way that whether it's an international strait or international or internal waters, like the safety is still gonna be kind of the same, like legally, I guess. So yeah, I don't know if so I'm being. It, no, no, no. I think I think <laughs> I know what you mean. Obviously, it's it's a complicated subject. But so so in terms of this article, it was written in a way. Um, it, so it was written by this organization that make the yeah. laws of the sea. Um, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was right. it was kind of um, it wasn't obvious that who it benefited, and it could kind of yeah. be manipulated almost towards Canada and towards America. And is that the same also for Russia and China, or it was um, the main focus more about the American and um, Canadian kind of conflict with it? I think I don't. I think it could be used by Canada uh, by Russia as well. I'm not sure. But then uh, China, not at all, because it, it really is just just about icy waters. So okay. that's not about. China, but then that could be about any Arctic uh, state, but also like the thing would benefit any either Canada or the US, like legal experts from Canada or from the US will both be able to find, to have their way with that article. So okay. it didn't article, solve anything. <laughs> yeah, it kind of didn't solve anything. It just kind of shows that basically, yeah, the United Nations have shown that they have interest in that topic, but actually they can't really do anything. Can't really help. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's a bit weird. Yeah, needs sorting out. Needs a reread and a re. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, the US hasn't signed that law of the sea, but that's a whole other topic. So, <laughs> a whole that we've already found about eight other dissertation titles, haven't we? Yeah. But that's, that's a good sign because that shows it's such an interesting topic with all these different alleyways that you can kind of branch out to. You know. Yeah. That's that's. That's the thing. And then, <laughs> so I guess like chapter three then is the part where I talk about like theory of international relations. So it's not as, I won't go too deep into it because I don't think that's the most interesting to people. But <laughs> I'm I guess, interested. <laughs> I guess like I talk about how maybe international constitutionalism could be the solution when like, you know, 21 year old me so smart that she has the solution for it but like um i guess so like what i one of the, the solution that i proposed which has a lot of flaws is basically a bilateral treaty between the us and canada where like canada would be okay any boat would like any boat can go through the northwest passage but then the us has to help me with the safety measures and all that and like has to provide like icebreakers for boats that cannot break ice right now 
and all that. But it's got a lot of flaws, theoretically, and even yeah. legally. So. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 um it's basically finding the middle ground, isn't it, between their arguments? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And I guess like they want because right now, I mean, right now, yeah, they are on an agreement. I mean, agreement. They have agreed to disagree on the topic, but that <laughs> what, was as in like, as in they'll just discuss it later. Yeah, I guess that's the thing because that was back in the eighties. I think that they agreed to disagree, and that's that was like the big thing that I read everywhere. Like they've agreed to disagree, but oh, I. Don't it's funny that, that isn't it that they've. I, you don't really think of that when it comes to politics. That such big topics come up and so much effort and resources go in to argue each side's case and then for it to just be like okay let's leave it and let's talk about it again in 20 years or something you know it yeah. just seems so ludicrous it's like hang on no let's sort this out now yeah that's the thing it's like i guess well most of the things that i wrote read was that like they're so, they're in such a good like relationship diplomatically that they don't like they don't want to fall out over something that's not yeah, even happening yet really yeah that's the thing and also yeah they don't want to ruin it and then they don't want to yeah i don't know is it almost because it's not melted yet so what's the point of falling out over it yeah i guess okay. that's that's the thing and i don't know they'll wait until maybe someday any company will try and get a ship through there and then problems and then they'll up. then they'll bring you all up the history again and you can come yeah. in with your dissertation hang on guys i have an idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of people have had a lot of ideas but yeah like i guess <laughs> <laughs> your one will shine through again yeah uh, sure <laughs> i'm sure about that so oh and also in my chapter three i talk about other things like how actually maritime sovereignty which is which is which was supposed to be i mean which is the topic of my dissertation like um it's kind of changing to in other states like um in island states and all that because because of sea rise no sea sea level rise then like how do you manage to know how long you can go in the in your like maritime territory because you know how that like, territory is changing now. Yeah, because like you've got more water coming into your like terrestrial territory. So do you move back like the frontier? The oh, like do, do your territories change with the levels almost? Is that, yeah. is that the thought process? Yeah. Wow. See, I didn't even think like in terms of obviously I'm aware of climate change and the problems that we face with it. But in terms of like territory when it comes to sea level rising i didn't know it was that drastic you know is it really changing the territories that much i mean right now it's not really because like we're not talking of we're not talking about like we're just talking about centimeters of yeah sea level, yeah like, it's not it's rising. not miles yeah it's not yeah but it's it may change like at some point especially because i think by the end of the century we might be at one meter rise and that means that will like affect oh yeah i have it here um 60 million people so wow. like 60 million people will be affected by that and that like that affects also like territories but also a lot of other things like eco-migration and do we call them migrants all that kind of stuff 
and uh, that was 10 more dissertations again <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so um is it more a case because obviously like you said it's still centimeters um kind of like talking about the um the north passage it's not a problem necessarily that we are facing right now but because we know it's going to happen we need to sort it out for the future yeah that's the thing i guess I guess it's important to know about it, uh, uh, especially legally, because right now legally, like there's nothing that will, nothing's done. Like the law is not prepared for climate change or anything that's going to happen to actual like physical things for boundaries and things like that. So I guess it's important to think about it with like a cold head rather than panicking. Panicking, about it yeah, once. no, that's that's such a good point actually. Um, yeah, really, food for thought, really. <laughs> But yeah, and then I guess in my conclusion, I kind of go towards more. I kind of I talked about more like um, what I what we talked about with islands and things, and also um, the role of indigenous peoples in the Arctic. And yeah. then, like, do they have a say? Actually, they do. Um, they do within the Arctic Council, which is an organization that's not. It's not like very, it's not legal as in they don't have legal agreements or anything, but they've been created as like a cooperation organization with it between like the eight Arctic states and indigenous communities have, have, have had like a very big part in creating the Arctic Council. But right now they don't- Well, that, really I guess that's a positive. Yeah, definitely. They have- like there's a lot more that can be done to include ind indigenous peoples, but like they are still kind of listening. They haven't been completely forgotten. Yeah. Which yeah, is awful way of putting it, isn't it really? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like one of these stupid comments like, you know, oh, but it's not that bad. It's like, well, it's still bad. You know, there's still problems with it, which is, it seems yeah. to be the answer for a lot of people for many social problems, isn't it? Well, it's like, oh, but we've come so far. But it's like, look how far we've got to go still. Yeah, that's the thing. But yeah, that was actually the topic of, of an essay that I wrote a month ago on like how to how to better include indigenous peoples in Arctic biodiversity conservation. But that's okay. a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but one that you've actually you know a bit about, it. not one of these random disc titles that I'm throwing at you all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. in terms of um so uh, talking about indigenous people and um their input on the north passage um where, what did you find with that research um so uh, actually there's a big thing about this because indigenous people live in the north of canada and canada claims its sovereignty over the arctic archipelago because of um long-standing like um of, because of being implemented like uh, implemented? I don't know. Because, well, Canadian, Canadian leaders say that the Arctic Archipelago is from Canada because, like, there's been Canadian people, like, forever there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've like, always natives. Colonial times, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, the Arctic Archipelago and the north of Canada is mostly lived in by indigenous communities, which don't have the same status as. Canadians. Canadians. Oh, okay, so it's more and complicated. So there's a bit of a tricky point there, where is like, it even is it, Canada? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, it kind of is Canada, but 
indigenous communities have a special like status so yeah i don't so know is um is the kind of Canadian perspective of saying it's Canada and wanting to respect that in terms of the North Passage, is that to do with the Indigenous or is it more to do with their their nationality? Do you know what I mean? I think it's more to do with their nationality. Really, it's really about like the Great White North type yeah. thing. Like not about the cars. Native Indigenous people. Not really. I mean, I haven't read about this. It's really just about like, yeah, the nice way how it is. And also about kind of saying that the North Pole is theirs and all these kinds oh, of Oh, what? <laughs> Can they claim the North Pole? <laughs> I mean, all Arctic countries have claimed the North Pole. So, like, it's not just Canada. Like They've Russia, all put their flag in. Russia has literally, like, planted a flag there in 2013. But um, in, actually, fun fact about this, uh, Canadian leader, um, I guess, Prime Minister... Who was that? Let me let me go and get it. Um, who was that? It was Stephen Harper in 2013. He declared that Santa Claus was a Canadian citizen. Um, wow! And then he that, went that's on just, to an, <laughs> that's nationality nationalism to to the extreme, isn't it? Claiming Santa Claus. Yeah. Also, because Santa Claus is. I mean, I don't know. There's like Santa Claus is from a lot of different countries. Then, yeah. And. And also, like, I mean, Canada made a lot of things about, like, they wrote down an address to which kids, like, children could send their letter to um, to Santa, and it was in Canada. It was, so, like, like, Toronto or something. He's like, hang on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, children around the world could, like, send their letter to, like, Holidaysville in Canada, anywhere. That's and then so the, weird. The postcode was, like, H-O-H-O-0-0 or something. Oh, like, classic. Nice. <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> so, yeah. They, like, they, they are doing... Canada is really, like, close to the whole symbolic idea of the North. Yeah. Yeah. More no, I think that's a good point. Did that make it into a dissertation, that little fun fact? About Santa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, like, I wanted it to be the first sentence, but then my <laughs> dissertation teacher was, like, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> just add, just slip it in as a fun fact. Well, I'm, I'm glad you slipped it in because that is interesting. And I think actually it does highlight the interesting point of nationalism and um, Canadians' yeah. um, nationalistic tendency towards claiming the North, and which is a huge part of your dissertation and a huge factor and why they're so um, kind of, I guess, annoyed with the Americans wanting to claim that, well, not claim, but create a more international passage um, yeah. north in the North Sea. Yeah, definitely. There we go. And in terms of um, your conclusions, so is it, it sounds like quite a hard thing to conclude if, if like last time they kind of just said, oh, we'll sort it out later. You know, how, how do you conclude such a thing? I mean, I guess like, well, the way that I concluded was the bilateral treaty, but also yeah. I kind of said, okay, well then that shows that like climate change is really changing something and we can't just look at climate change from like natural or biological sciences now and we have to actually look at it from like social sciences and politics and especially law as well which i don't do law but like in legal terms there has to be like something more done especially like in the united nations and stuff because yeah. they have like i mean maybe not the united nations like if, if countries don't want to but like there has to be a higher law maybe kind of organizing it or 
because change is happening in yeah and i guess as climate change is accelerating that kind of um what you said earlier about maybe not making these decisions with a hot head you know coming at it from a point where we're not directly affected by the consequences you'll make better decisions and you'll have time to do this the amount of diplomacy that's needed for these legislations and yeah. um, i think that's a great point you know like uh, and a really interesting talking point, thinking how climate change is now so real and it's kind of crept into all aspects of our society that yeah. we need to react in such a way where we sort it for all aspects of our society. Yeah. And it doesn't definitely. help when people don't believe in it, you know, and it's just, yeah, you just pull your hair out like thinking about that. There's people like, I don't know, well, Donald Trump that pulls out with the Paris Agreement and things like this, you know, it's just a backward step, surely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it's, can I have a bit of a rant here? Because yeah, like, go for it. If it if it not, if it's too explicit, I'll put in bleeps. But go for I'm it. Not, I'm not gonna. Uh, no, I, I mean I'm fine with that. But like, it's not just Donald Trump and pulling out of the Paris Agreement. Like, it's, talking about the Paris Agreement, it's been going on for five years and literally nothing has been done. Like, oh, it's nice. We've all signed that agreement. That's like saying that we're not gonna go above. 1.5 degrees by 2050 well it's in 30 years and we've done nothing and it's still happening and all that so i think it's like everywhere like the problem is do you think the paris agreement's a bit of a facade almost you know it's kind of like a oh look we signed a bit of paper we're helping out the climate change but it's actually not doing that much because i've I seen mean, greta thunberg obviously she talks about yeah. that quite a lot these kind of um people just using climate change almost for political power being like hey look i care and then don't do anything at all yeah that's the thing it's like they keep like writing and re and signing things and and everyone's everyone this every time they sign it like there's people saying they're not going to do anything about it why would we care and then there's other people kind of more hopeful and being like let's see what they do but then we've waited like a lot of years to see what they do and when i say we i mean like the world not just the but <laughs> like the paris agreement was like the cup number 21 it's been going on since since the 19 like 70s and literally nothing has changed then like the actual solutions have not been implemented yeah but that wasn't my dissertation but no another one we found i think i've been keeping italian that's about 45 new dissertations found yeah. so maybe people <laughs> listening to this podcast can now do those dissertations for us because yeah. it is all such interesting stuff no it really isn't a gap thank you so much for telling us obviously just scraping the surface of your dissertation yeah. um you know because dissertations was this one a ten thousand word one eight thousand words eight thousand words so yeah. still a hefty a hefty bit of work you know and you put the hours yeah. in and this is why i wanted to do this podcast because it is so interesting you know and it's something that i've never thought about let alone such a niche topic as the um as the problem with canada and america and russia and china with the north passage but also just kind of thinking about legislation and like you said social politics that have to get involved with climate change i think it is absolutely fascinating yeah well thanks for having me too because that that is the that is one of the best like podcast ideas I've seen in a while. <laughs> oh, so, thank you yeah. so much. Also because I love doing my dissertation. So I always love talking about it anyways. Yeah, exactly. And my I've it, gotten sick of hearing me. So, go so, sick of it. So, so now you, you wanted to rant to me as well. No, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure, Aga. And I think exactly that, like 
people love talking about it and know like this isn't this is almost not for the listener it's more for you you know <laughs> yeah literally like i'm a nerd about the arctic i'm sorry like I'll no, just talk it, about it. no apologies needed no apologies needed. No, again <laughs> thank you so much i don't know if do you have any more to say on the arctic actually don't answer that <laughs> because i'm sure you do but i think we will no, we will no. finish there again thank yeah. you so much thanks all right see you then bye bye You've been listening to Dis and That.